Welcome to where the weird ones are. Every time I speak, I want the truth to come out. Powerful figures in Hollywood as well as powerful politicians or in fact not human. Are they reptiles or they're lizards or perhaps extraterrestrials? Go ahead and run. Run home and cry to mama. Let's get weird. What's up, you fucking weirdos? Welcome to another episode of Where the Weird Ones Are. My name is Kevin, but you probably already knew that. And if you didn't, well, now you do. So today's episode is with Timothy Arnwine. Uh, he is an author and uh, paranormal investigator. He actually founded um, Haunted South Florida. Uh, he wrote a few books. So he wrote uh, Ghost Hunting, Getting Started, um, and a couple others. I know he wrote one on autism. His son is autistic. So uh, it's basically from a father's point of view. But I just want to read you. So his uh, he wrote a part two to Ghost Hunting Getting Started. So um, you can find all of his books on Amazon. But I just wanted to give you a couple uh, reviews from his first one. So this one is from is a five-star rating and it says each page is detailed and interesting i learned a great deal and gained a better understanding highly recommend this book and then you got this one is i am the founder lead investigator of supernatural supernatural investigators of minnesota this book covers all aspects of being a great paranormal investigator it's a beginner's training manual for all our new investigators outlined perfectly and then lastly i have very well written and informative thank you so those are just a couple of reviews they were all five stars um so if you're interested, definitely go check out his books. He's been investigating for 20 plus years and he has a lot of experience under his, under his belt. Uh, he used to be a, um, um, EMS and, um, yeah, I just, I really enjoyed the converse, uh, our conversation, um, extremely lovely person. So, uh, very knowledgeable and does not in the slightest, uh, have an ego <laughs> like, uh, like most people that are in like lead positions typically have. So, um, it was very nice to talk to him. 
I enjoyed it. I hope you guys enjoy the things that he has to say and some of his personal stories. So, um, yeah, he brought a lot of people together, a, a, a really good group together for Haunted South Florida. If you don't know, I've had uh, almost all of the people involved um, with that group on. So you got Christina, Callie, um, Gina, Arnie. They're all a part of uh, Haunted South Florida, so... Anyways, let me know what you think. Um, and as always, if you're interested in being on the show, you want to talk about ghosts, you want to talk about conspiracies, you want to talk about Bigfoot, um, anything supernatural, paranormal, anything weird, definitely hit me up at where the weird ones are at gmail.com. You can also follow my Instagram at where underscore the weird ones are. I'm extremely active on my Instagram, so. You can definitely get a hold of me on there if you don't feel like emailing me. So, uh, with that, I will say you can head on over to 16percent.com if you're interested in any kind of cryptid merchandise. And you can, they have, she, they have, um, some really, <laughs> some really cute cryptid plushies. I know cryptids, when you encounter cryptids out in the wild, it's not very cute, but these plushies definitely are cute, so you can head on over there, and if you are enticed to buy something, you can use my code STAYWEIRD, and it would help out the show. If you're interested in helping out the show, please like, share, and subscribe, because that is how you help the show fucking grow, bro. I'm not interested in making money off of this, but if I do, that's cool too. So I enjoy everybody that's been on. I enjoy putting this out and putting this all together. So it's fun for me and I will continue to do so as long as people are interested in A, coming on, B, listening. So if you don't mind, I would enjoy a five-star rating. Obviously, if you don't think it deserves five stars, don't fucking give me five stars. <laughs> and with that, everybody, stay weird. They're coming to get you, Barbara. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Where the Weird Ones Are. Today, I have Timothy Arnwine. Uh, he is an author and a paranormal investigator. He is. Um, do you did you start uh, Haunted South Florida? Yeah, I was. Uh, I reached out to the 
the member. So I guess I'm the founder. I like to, I like to make myself on equal ground with everybody. I'm just the investigator, but yeah, I was, I guess, technically the founder. Nice. Nice. So he's been investigating for quite a, quite, quite a while. I think he's had 20 plus years. You said. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. Back when I started, we had a, a compass baby powder film camera. You know, it's like <laughs> things have changed, man. Yeah. Yeah. The technology that uh, goes into a lot of the stuff these days is, has been pretty interesting. Um, so uh, real quick, before we get into it, uh, tell everybody listening or watching uh, a little bit about yourself and where they can find your stuff and, and your books. Cool. So I'm Tim Armline. I'm a retired paramedic. I, uh, I never had the experience of grandma, you know, standing over my bed or any deceased relative. It was just, I was a street medic for years and I worked in two ERs. So I saw a lot of death over the years. So one day I just said, there's gotta be something more than throwing someone in the ground. And then, and I, you know, that energy can't be destroyed or created, just transferred. I was kind of a science geek when I was a kid. So I started investigating. And once you, I think once you kind of open yourself up to the possibilities, you know, then I started having like subtle experiences, like my hair would get curled in the morgue when I take a body in the morgue in the ER, or I started hearing voices, things like that. So then I just started really getting into investigating on my own. So, and it's been, like I said, it's been crazy though, the way the tools have really evolved and it's so specialized now, mm. you know, and then I've written, I've written a few books. I've written books on um, like autism, emergency medicine. Um, I wrote one book, Ghost Hunting Getting Started, where I wanted to give a history of the ghost, how to do it, uh, where to find investigations. And then I really delved into the tools. I, I went so far as like uh, the SP7. If you read the book, it'll tell you where the power on button does. It'll tell you what kind of batteries they use. Uh, some guy out of New York really liked the book, but they said there's no pictures. I'm like, hey, yeah, man, that's why it's six dollars and not thirty six dollars. I go, but if you really read it, you really don't need the pictures. He's like, okay, okay. So I, because um, for me, I, I do I do a lot of lectures on this too. I will. My biggest thing is you got to be proficient with the tools because it adds credibility to your evidence. Or if you don't get any, because if you don't get any evidence and you've been fumbling around with your tools, the client might go, well, they didn't get nothing, but you know, they kind of look like they didn't know what they were doing. So I, when I give lectures or we do a, what we call paranormal boot camps, I really get into tools just to, so when people borrow the tools at the investigation, they know what they're doing. Or a lot of them go, wow, that's pretty cool. I didn't know the lights on the REM pod were for that reason. So it's always a learning experience that we try to put out to everybody. I need, oh, I just, and I just finished a, a sequel to the book, to the parent, uh, ghost hunting getting started. All right. I'm gonna, yeah, I, I'm doing the editing now, but it's kind of like, I, I delved more into the tools, uh, any updates, uh, new tools like the tripwire, things like that. And then I actually went through three locations that are in South Florida. Now there's tons of locations on here, but the reason I focus on those is because you can go there yourself, pay whatever tour fee they want, 
And if you break out a recorder or something, they're not going to tell you to put it away. They're very proud of their hauntings. So it gives people who are visiting a chance. You know, like I put the history of the place, the haunted history and the activity I got. Mm. So if somebody goes, let's say, to the New River Inn and they go into one place, King Camarney, they know the history upstairs. And it kind of gives them an idea of what I've captured and it gives them a leeway where maybe questions they can ask during an EVP session. It just lets them experience it a little bit more on their own. All right. Yeah. So, yeah. But I've been, you know, the Honda South Florida team is incredible when I formed that team. Uh, the whole team is just amazing. They're, they're really into it and they want to get to the grassroots of mm-hmm. investigating, which is I want to get back to that also. All right. And because uh, I think that's important. You know, I really TV. I would rather, I would rather just, um, you know, go out and investigate, run experiments and help clients and see how we can help them. Nice, man. Nice. Yeah. Uh, so for everybody listening, um, if you haven't, if you're just joining on today's episode, um, we've had a couple of the team members of Haunted South Florida on, which is Arnie um Callie Christina and Gina Gina was the first person that I ever uh had reached out to and my anxiety was so high for this podcast because um normally intro um normally an introvert so doing this that um has kind of like brought me out of my shell quite a bit um I've always been a conversationalist once I'm comfortable with somebody so um talking to a bunch of strangers has been quite the process uh but i only can get better and i think it's uh, i think it's helpful in a lot of ways um but yeah so gina was she was fun uh i messed up the first, <laughs> i messed up the first time talking to her so the when we talked again it kind of sounds a little like uh almost scripted a little bit but it was all right she was she was uh she was a sweetheart about it so they're great Um, yeah they're all great they are they really are i originally thought she started the group and then she was like uh well i was one of the first members i was like oh okay it was it was funny because you know i kind of found the members by the events and they were so into it and you know when i started making calls here listen i'm thinking of forming a group and they're like, oh, my God, that would be great. And we kind of bonded and clicked all during because they came to a bunch of events. And it to me, I don't want to get off track a little but it, It's if you want to impress a, a team and they're doing like a, a local event, like a historic public public investigation, go to their events. To me, if you're going to pay to come to an event. A few times. That shows commitment. So if I have to do a private, you know, you need bodies at a private investigation. Yeah. That shows me the commitment that they will show up for the privates and events, you know, because you need bodies at events. And Gina, all those, all those people you listed were just, they've gone to a lot of events with us. They've always been involved. Uh, I have, I usually learn something from them because, you know, the kids nowadays, they keep up with some new stuff coming out that I, <laughs> yeah. that I might overlook. I'll go like some glasses, mind blocker glasses. Never heard of them. Me Bought neither. Some. 
they're they're supposedly for es uh estes sessions where they oh yeah they have the red lights and they really focus everything okay um so arnie told me in fact so i picked some up and arnie's been using them he said uh he asked me once hey is there someone over there and i go, no man i'm over here and he said he, he saw a shadow person in a corner so it's things like that where i'm always learning from them you know if, you, if you're out there and you're not learning or not willing to learn if you mm. think you know much too much after 20 years then you know to me you're just wasting your time right it's always changing right and the better you get the better it is for the client yeah and a better experience for everybody yeah so so you did you say that you do lectures yeah what we do is um i did it before actually um all of them exception of arnie would come to some that I called a paranormal boot camp was at New River Inn where you I give a lecture on how to investigate. Um, and then I really get into the tools. I, all the tools are laying out. Hmm. So I go through all the tools and then you actually go investigate with us. It's not a walking tour. And for me, if I always loan equipment out, I mean, I've loaned out Ovulus fives and things like that. And I always get it back. I've never lost a piece of equipment, but when I do the lectures, I want people to maybe get an idea because every usually people come to these things. They've seen all the shows and they know what a rim pot is. They know what a millimeter is. Mm -hmm. But if you give some better explanation of what the lights mean, they, you know, even if we don't get any activity, a lot of times they leave saying that, hey, man, I, that's pretty cool. I didn't know it, that's why it worked like that. Or I didn't know the theory behind that. And then we've had people call, you know, I've had people contact me say, hey, Tim, is this smell meter good? And they want to get stuff on their own now. So I, I always teach, make everything a, a teachable experience, mm. learning experience for them. So yeah. we have, you know, we have fun. We meet a lot of really nice people doing this. Yeah, uh, I mean, just doing this podcast, reaching out to people and talking to people, a lot of investigators, everybody's been super kind and um really nice and um it's been a wonderful experience just talking to uh people like you um everybody's so open and 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 they're just it's just they're just friendly and a lot of them i've just i've become friends with so i think that's pretty pretty unique and then obviously like with you you had them come to your uh boot camps and then now you guys you guys look like a family on yeah, the I mean, Instagram page. So it's it, yeah. And you know, we have, we do little funny reels and we yep. just have a good time with it. And it's because, and it, when I, when I, I've built teams before and I have a strict rule. I, if it's a female, I will ask them, are you in a relationship? Because I don't want to cause friction in the house because mm -hmm. if everybody's happy and having a good time, they're going to show up. And then there's going to be good energy in the team. And I think that's what we have. Yep. Um, you know, Arnie was trying to find me for months to see when I was doing something. And finally, I had an event that he didn't miss. And then uh, everybody loved bringing him on board. I mean, because he's so into it. He's He wants to learn all the time. And so the team just really gels so well. Nice. There's other, there's like Aaron, who I've investigated with for years uh linda there's just people on the team that i've known for years plus this the new group but we gel so well together nice and there's no egos involved which is 
kind of cool. Yeah. <laughs> it was perfect. Um, your reels and stuff, like they're super, like because Arnie sends me all the ones that he makes himself, yeah. which he does really well with them. Um, but yeah, everything that I see from you guys, that it, it's not like, oh, look what we got. It's hey, oh. look, look at us have fun. You know what I mean? And then, and then look at what we also caught at the same time. You know, so it was. Um, I enjoy was, watching your guys' stuff. It's funny because one night we were at the New River Inn. There's a house there called King Cromarty. And the door only open, only locks with a key. And Christina, Gina, and Callie, I think, were in the Cromarty. And they called me. I was at, there's a school behind it, a replica school. And I ran over. They said, can you come here? And I opened the door. No problem. Uh, one of them got little sick little nauseous and they couldn't open the door but i tell that story because when they went outside they weren't and these they they were you know compared to a lot of people they were still new to the field they weren't out there panicking like oh my god jesus yeah they were like wow man that's amazing we were saying you know are you okay is everything good blah 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 but they just showed years experience from a few months of investigating with that one real episode. And I was proud of them for that. I, I, I kind of maybe said, I go, wow, that's pretty cool. I've never seen someone get sick like that in a long time. So it sounded a little jaded for me, but I was so proud of them because they did, they handled it just like, like if, if that was a night where we had guests, that would have been perfect because they were just being themselves. Cause once you start freaking out, then guests freak out and things like that. So but it, yeah, it was fun. You know. Yeah. I'm sorry. Um, and uh, I think when people call or do shows like this, the people who agree to come on and do things like that, they're pretty open because most of the field wants to be honest about it and right. give a good face to it. A lot of people are like, they want the field to look good. Yeah. And that get that instant gratification and look like the the oohs and the ahs. That's what a lot of people are looking for. Um, I feel like, and from what I see from you guys and a few other accounts that I follow, um, there's a lot of genuine interest in wanting to learn and wanting to actually find something real and concrete, and um just to show it to the world and be like hey look there's something going on here there's something else out yeah. there it's not um it's not always spooky it's not always scary no um, and i'm real proud of the ladies i, I always come i'm in ladies uh gina and everybody uh callie and christine they want to run experiments which is i'm a big fan of experiments because it only helps the field yeah like like i'm a big fan of the dr60 recorder i have a bunch of them and they're expensive <laughs> they're like yeah they are <laughs> so even for years i didn't even think about it till a little while back we were always testing like sony's and olympus and i didn't realize i go damn you know we were doing experiments because we can find a recorder that gets close to a dr but it costs a hundred dollars rather than three grand then that only helps the field because now you got people out there with more reliable recorders trying to get evidence to bring to the field. Mm -hmm. So I'm real proud of them for bringing that for, for wanting to do that. You know, experiments are important. 
because it is a, it, it's a scientific field basically and if you can run experiments and help the field then you're out you know then that's good for you that's good for everybody mm, i agree i agree uh so one thing that i wanted to ask you was so i know you mentioned that you uh started um did you say you started uh investigating while you were still a paramedic yeah okay. yeah it was just i worked at a big teaching hospital down here jackson memorial and we're like i worked uh pds ortho and trauma mm -hmm. so we you know we get a lot of shootings and stuff so every now and then i would have the usually transport would take the bodies if we lost someone in the trauma room down to the basement to the morgue but every now and then we were so hammered that the paramedics would do it we were just so busy and when i when i kind of opened myself up to it i started um i was taking a body in and my hair got curled and i thought someone was goofing because that basement is there's nobody down there mm. so and then i heard voices and even when i was a street medic i never thought about this till years later um it was summertime it was you know felt like 100 degrees outside we were working a a shooting no knifing i'm doing cpr on a guy and you know cpr runs in cycles so after your compression cycle the person's supposed to check for um a pulse well there's no pulse but you know 20 years later i was thinking back i'm like you know when i was doing chest compressions i'm over the guy i felt a cold swish go up my body so i'm like could that be something i mean quote unquote the soul leaving mm. and then it happened one other, one other time years later so i was never really into it but i think once you open yourself up to it a lot of people say don't open yourself up blah 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 mm. if you open yourself up just to the possibilities you know i always use the analogy it's like if you're sitting at a bar and a girl looks at you she might be open up to you talking to her so once you open yourself up now they're on the other side going hey this guy might be willing to listen to me or you know be rec i think they want to be recognized so bad it's mm. like this guy might be open to recognizing that i'm actually here so that's what i was telling i go don't, you know you're not opening yourself up for the demonic stuff you see on tv you're just opening yourself up to the possibilities right because i went from thinking um why are they here no what happens to them mm. and then oh, after investing in over years it says now i'm thinking what do they want and how can i help you know you kind of grow as you go along right so, so what was the um what was that switch that made you like kind of just be like open open up to it before you started you before you got the curl in the hair and what whatnot like what was that that opened you up to um start possibly was, getting those experiences I, was, I mean it was just i was just sitting there and i've never been really spiritual religious blah 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 and i always thought you know you throw someone in the ground that they, they can't be the end of it because there's energy so mm -hmm. the hair curl and then i got a couple whispers and then um one shift i brought in a recorder an old tape recorder didn't get anything but i think that's when i started investigating i started sneaking stuff in my lab coat 
to go. <laughs> hey, we need something in the basement. I, I'll go, man. I'll go. You know, so I would go down there and do some recording. That's and funny. then, and then from then on, it was just you know, you know, the old thing. You know, find the cemeteries, uh, things like that. Yeah. And initially, I joined the team because um, I wanted to learn how to do it. And I think, you know, a good team could give you two things, credibility and education. Hmm. You know, a good team can. Because you want to get the credibility. Because if you're with at me ghost hunting and they've been known to make evidence up all over the place, then you don't want to be with them. Right. But like Haunted South Florida, we don't, you know, we don't make up stuff. We're, you know, and I always tell clients, I've done this for 20 years. There's no guarantee we'll catch evidence because ghosts do not make appointments and they don't wear watches. And I just take that, you know, I take that elephant off the table right when I walk in. That way the client doesn't expect anything. So when we go in, we go in to look for stuff and we do, you know, you know, we do a lot of debunking. You know, we'll say, oh, oh man, you know, someone was talking out there and we'll knock it off right there. Um, we were doing a prison years ago or when I was with another team, we were doing a prison and where war host was that crazy woman. They made the movie monster after. Yep. Oh, yep. I can't think of her name, but I know who you're talking about. So, and for some reason, the cell was the prison was empty. So the officers allowed us to go in there for four hours. They would just make, make pretend we're not there for four hours. But for some reason, there was vandalism everywhere. But for some reason, her cell was locked. So I put a little GoPro in there in the uh, slot where they served the dinners. And I put a recorder and we pulled off. We played recorder. We heard this. And everybody's like, oh, my God, a gunshot. That's the coolest thing ever. But then we found out the little, you know, plastic that covers fluorescent lamps, mm -hmm. that plastic. So we've discovered someone stepped on one. And oh. it, sounded, it sounded just like a gunshot. But we yeah. could have taken that and run with it because that would have been the coolest thing ever. Yeah. A so gun she passed oh. away in that jail, in that prison? She passed away there? No, actually, they took her from there. It was down here in Pembroke Pines. They, oh, when, okay. they, when they took her to be executed, uh, I think they executed one more person and then they shut it down. And now it's, now it's apartments or something. Oh, jeez. But... You know, but you always got to debunk stuff. And, you know, when you debunk stuff, a lot of, you know, people go, well, you know, why? I go, because it helps the client because a lot of times we'll get like high EMF spikes. And I've done houses where there's like a 40, constant 40 on the mel meter. And it turns out on this one wall, when they walk by this one area, they feel like they're being touched and things like that. But when I went outside, every house motor was on that wall, the pole mm. motor, the small motor, and it was just leaking in the windows. So I suggested the owner have everything boxed and insulated and everything was, it was a five after that, but it's a hell of a lot better than 40. <laughs> so, so even if you debunk some, you, you're still helping. You're saying, uh, lady says, I hear stuff above me all night. You know, I open the... Because in Florida, there's really no attics to walk around in. They're more like crawl spaces. Yeah. I lifted up the, you know, what they call the attic. I lift the door up and I flashlight and I saw four light, four eyes. I go, ma'am, you got raccoons up here. <laughs> <She> says, <laughs> oh, okay. 
So, <laughs> so, you know, even if you find the answers, they might not be the answers that you're hoping for, you know, but they're answers to help the client and that should be always top priority. Right. Right. You so know. how often do you guys do, uh, how often do you do residential? We haven't done a lot lately. Uh, we done when we first started, we had like three or four privates right off the bat. Um, I get calls from people and, um, you know, it just, some of them don't pan out because once I start talking to them and I'll say, try this, try this. I don't always just say, yeah, we'll be there five o'clock. I always do like a preliminary investigation, um, call mm -hmm. just to see. And a lot of times it's like, oh yeah, I'll try that or try this or try that. And, you know, we've had one lady, she found an animal in her house, you know, so it's the preliminary call is kind of like, let's talk, let's see where your concerns are. And then we always set up a preliminary where we go out like two or three people for a couple hours, um, you know, run all the outlets, everything, see if there's an EMF leak anywhere, do some EVP, see if we catch something. Mm. So, I mean, if I wanted to, you know, we, I, you know, we get calls, I can jump on every one of them, but I'm like, you know, let's see if this works. And it leaves them at comfort. And I call them the next day. And they're like, you know what? Let me wait a couple of days. And, you know, they don't call back. And that's, I, the door's always open for them to call me. But we're always open to residentials. You know, I've done businesses, residentials for, you know, all these years. Nice. But, so, you know. hmm? so um, you also have a YouTube where you discuss a lot of, of um your stuff and you go over like the equipment and stuff um do you mind possibly um sharing first of all sharing the name of your youtube and then kind of just like go over one of uh the instruments you guys use uh, yeah. real quick yeah it's a uh, long-haired ghost hunter at, on uh youtube i was gonna make a podcast but i decided just to do this youtube series i've done like 17 of them nice. where I started from, you know, history of ghost hunting. I went all the way through the tool. The only tool really left is recording audio. I'm so I say I do that. And when the new book comes out, I'll talk about the, uh, the equipment, but like I, I did a whole segment on um, spirit boxes, you know, because spirit boxes, there's, there's different speeds. A lot of people, like especially on events, you know, they'll they'll borrow a sphere box and they'll run it at three fifty milliseconds, and then you're hearing every word come in. Like, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I always tease people. I go, if you hear the word auto, it doesn't mean the chauffeur's coming back to see you. It just means there's an auto sale down the street. So I go through the speeds because um, the higher the speed, the more radio bleed you get. So um, most people like to use 200 to 250 to get things going. It's a kind of easy spot. Uh, I'll run sometimes 100 because I've been listening to spirit boxes since they started. Yeah. But most people run two to 250. So I go through all that. And then as a medic, I always gave a first aid tip of the week, like um, bleeding, you know, how to control bleeding or uh, allergies. So because to me, safety is everything. 
mm. on the team. If every event we go to, even if it's a team event, I bring a jump bag full of first aid equipment because I've had to work on a few guests and team members over the years. You know, yeah. it's usually, usually someone runs into something and gets cut up or they trip. Luckily, no broken bones yet, but a lot of lacerations. Yeah. Uh, my uncle, uh, he passed a few years ago. He was a lifelong paramedic as well. So he also always had a bag of uh, equipment with him just in case. Yeah, um, I mean, and he always had his truck with him with his lights on no matter where he was. <laughs> Just in case, you know, he happens to be driving by somebody on the side of the road, you know, he can put his lights on and, you know, CB radio, the local, um, local dispatch that is in the area and all that stuff. So, yeah, and- I, I've stopped at a lot of accidents over the years, you know, so, but even one, we had one lady fall at an event and she cut her eye open. Oh, no. And, and it's because she was a sweet old lady. You know, and even when I got her all, I bandaged her and I had her sit down with someone. She goes, you know, I do fall a lot. I'm like, oh. <laughs> okay, so that's cool. But then she goes, um, nope, we lost you. Do you carry stitches? And I told her 20 stitches. So she called me next day. I had to go to the ER. I go, yeah. You got five stitches, right? She has four. I, I, I was close. So, <laughs> so we, um, I always carry that. Whoop. I always carry a med bag just for that reason. Because I, you know, I want people to feel comfortable that, you know, at least someone can start to help them. Yeah. It, just, it takes a lot of, you know, anxiety away. Yeah. That that's, that's good. That's a good way to be. I feel like, um, I take when we go on trips or something, I'll, I will have like a med bag or whatever, but I mean, I'm not a paramedic, so I don't have, or ever trained in that line of anything. So I don't have, I wouldn't bring a whole bunch of stuff and actually try and work on somebody. So, cause nine times out of 10, I'd probably end up messing somebody up rather than actually helping them. So that's what, I mean, as I mean, I always, even when I did the lectures, I go call nine one one, no matter what you do, yep. you know, and just do what you can. And it, it was always basic stuff like, you know, controlled bleeding and wrapping a bandage. It was always the basic first aid I had on my YouTube stuff. Cause I, you know, I even say, I go, don't get too far in the weeds when this stuff, if you're un- unsure, just call rescue. That's what they're there for. Just do what you can. Nice. But the uh, yeah, the series was good. It was just, I kind of ran out of things. So I'm like, you know what? Let me focus on getting the other book out. And maybe I can go back and do some more stuff. Nice. Um, so I watched one of those videos. And for the life of me, I cannot remember the topic. Because it was, it was around the time when I had first started um, talking to you. And you mentioned, because I was like, do you have a podcast? because I saw a little short reel on your Instagram about it and you were like, Oh, I have a YouTube series. So I watched one of the videos and I can't remember which one it was, but um, I did see that you had quite a few. So I was planning on getting into it, but I just haven't had the time yet. I try to between everybody that uh, I follow and that I talk to, I try and listen to all their stuff sometimes. Oh yeah. No, I appreciate it. it was, and I, I try to keep them like 20 minutes at the most, including the first day too yeah and then i always try to open up with like a spoof video like uh my son oh how he goes what are we gonna do this week dad 
I think one time I, I walked up with four boxes of gear. I have like eight boxes of gear. And then I had two rim pods draped over my neck. And the joke was, this is more than you need for a preliminary. And I was just, I always open up with some little spoof thing, just to make a little fun of the, you know, what's going on. And then yeah. I break into it. That's fun. So uh, that's cool that you get your son. How old is your son? Right he'll be, he'll be 21 in April. I mean, oh. April 1st. Nice. So Saturday. Nice. So yeah. Yeah. He, I mean, we just film it on the phone and, you know, you know, and just send and just send it out like that. We don't do a lot of editing and stuff because it's it's like a thirty second spoof. Yeah, that's cool. That's pretty you cool. Know, but we um, yeah, because you know, I used to stand up years ago. So I told did you Shane, really? Yeah, I did. Nice. I did it. I did it before it was cool. Like we made fifty dollars a night and all the beer you can drink. Yeah, yeah. So so somebody said you should start doing it again. I go, yeah, well, we'll see. So I've been working on some material, but. But I, I always like to do the spoof just to, you know, have a little fun with it. That's cool. That's cool that you and your son are still tight with him being an adult. You yeah, know, well, like, by the time I hit 21, I didn't even really want to spend time with my parents. So Oh, he, no, he's like, because um, when I'm doing EVP, when I'm downloading. Yeah, I, I'll call him. I go, Shane, what do you think this said? And he's pretty good with it, but he never cusses. So like I get a lot of F offs. So I'll say, Shane, what do you think you say? He goes, Daddy, I think it said F off. You mean fuck off? He goes, Yeah, Daddy, F off. I go, Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's cute. so he's pretty cool about it. He's like, you know, I go, hey Shane, check these out for me. And I'll, I might because I use I use Wave Labs, so I'll keep them on the top and I'll download them all when I think is good. And I'll say, What do you think about this? And I go, Nah, well, wow, Dad, that one's pretty good. So he's like my confirmation sometimes for um EVPs I get. Nice. That's cool. Yeah. He didn't go out with us, but he listens to the evidence. Is he too scared to go out? Yeah, he's just, I mean, I always tease him. I go, um, he always says, have fun. Don't bring nothing home. I go, okay, I'm going to put it in your room. No, no, <laughs> don't, so, don't do that. I go, okay, I won't. I promise. <laughs> That's funny. That sounds like something I'd say to my kids. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I'll put it in your room. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna put it in, under your bed. No, 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 don't do that. So, but he's cool. You know, he's That's like, funny. He, and my wife's the same. My wife doesn't go, but she's very supportive. Yeah, and she's like, go have fun. Just don't bring nothing home. Okay. Yeah. And she's like, be careful. All right, we'll go. Nice. Nice. So, yeah, it's fun though. So, if you get into stand up, what? Where do you go? Where do you just go to? Do you just? I guess my question is, since you brought it up, what is it like? Like, do you seeking a venue? Oh, it's just I just do like I'll like when I started years ago, there was one comedy club in all of South Florida. There was no improvs on that, so oh. is that one club? Now they're all over the place, but you know I might. I'm writing some stuff. I might just go try some material, some open mic nights and things like that just to get my timing back. But yeah. the reason I stopped years ago, because they were just getting to the point where they were building an improv down here and they were building one in Palm beach. So it was getting to the point where if you wanted to do anything, you had to travel. And I'm like, well, I, I don't travel. So I just backed off of it and I probably still wouldn't travel, but I just want to, you know, go, go play with the stuff again to see, how the material is because uh yeah because i have a, I have a daughter's 36 and she's 
hey dad can we go people watch because i'll sit there and make fun of people all day you know, or, <laughs> you know so yeah let's go to the mall we'll do some people watching so like yeah we have a lot of retirees down here so there one day we're in the mall and this guy was wearing a plaid shirt and striped pants an old man like in his 80s and his wife was like so i'm assuming his wife and i said see that guy honey she goes yeah i go that guy was a bad husband because she let him go out in that outfit. She's getting even. She goes, Dad, I go out. <laughs> That's funny. I went on a date one time, um, and we ended up, uh, so we went out to dinner, and then we went and sat on the beach for a little bit, and then we went to a bar on the on the pier, and we're sitting there, and she's like, she's looking around like this, and um, I was looking at her, and I was like, what are you doing? She's like, there's people watching and then she like i remember her pointing at some chick and she goes i bet you she oh shit i can't remember what she said but whatever the fuck she said it made me laugh and i was like you want to know what's funny like i do that too so i people watch and i make up like narratives for people i don't necessarily judge them but like depending on what they're wearing like you or what they're doing or something i'll be like i bet you like i'll make up like this little backstory for them or something like that that's what we ended up doing for the rest of the night it was pretty fun (laughs) wait i mean my daughter we did be hour two hours and she was you know she dad can we go to the mall yeah let's go mall. let's go people watch it'd be fun you know (laughs) but even like because our son's autistic he's very high functioning but i wrote a book about autism and a chapter in a book was being in public with a child with autism, especially mm-hmm. a dad, because dads are very stereotypic that they don't know what they're doing. Yeah. So I never really yelled at someone. I would just make a smart ass remark. So I put a whole chapter of all these stories. And it was like, it was so common. You know, my wife would come home. She goes, who'd you torment today? I go, ah, let me tell you about this lady. <laughs> so. That's funny. Uh, Have you I've seen? Had, huh? No, go ahead. No, go ahead. no. I mean, it, it, I've had a people, a mother I knew who had a, a child who was very disabled, and she saw me one night talking to a lady, kind of sarcastically putting her in her place. She goes, Tim, I wish I could learn things. I go, come on, let's walk around the park. So we walked around with her kid for a little while, with Brendan, and we had a ball just you know, putting people in their place about him. She goes, oh, that's better than yelling at him. I go, yeah, it's funny, too. <laughs> Have you ever seen that uh, show Atypical? Um, I, I don't know if it's only on Netflix, but I know I I watched it on Netflix. Mm-mm. So well, we... no, so what? All right, so Atypical is about a uh, uh, kid with autism, and he's fairly high. He's pretty high functioning, and he has this thing about penguins in Antarctica. And like, that's his main thing. And he draws penguins all day long and he, and stuff like that. And, um, and yeah, in that, in there, the dad is basically shown as, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, it's, you know, cause one time he, um, oh, we were at a hurricane line. Now hurricane line down here in Publix are like 20, 30 deep. Everybody's uh-huh. getting their stuff. And at this time he never, he never looked up. He never talked to anybody. And there was a, she was a real sweet old lady. And she kept going, hi, honey. And uh, he didn't look up at her. She goes, doesn't he talk? And they always say the same thing. I'd have that checked. So I go, no, he doesn't talk. She goes, I'd have that checked. I go, okay. So 
then he started, she was really in his face and uh, he started doing his rocking. So I'm like, ma'am, can I help you with anything? She goes, can they talk? I go, Honey, if he said fuck off right now, I'd be the happiest man on earth. And she like ran out of line. She left her <laughs> cart there. She went, oh, and she left. I'm like, oh, okay, well. And I looked at cashier. We got to move this cart because, you know, and so. But it was just because I think if people get embarrassed, they remember that a lot longer than some crazy dad yelling at them. Right. Right. So it, it was fun, you know. And he's now he had dad, tell me the autism stories. I go, yeah, let me tell you about this one lady we had once. He's like, okay, yeah, it was good. That's a good one, dad. So <laughs> that's funny. Um, yeah, uh, people do, people do when they're embarrassed, they remember it's more of a me- impression on their memory than anything else and then yeah. you, if you're yelling you just look like a lunatic basically yeah then they just blame they go home and go hey this guy was yelling at me what a what an idiot yeah but i, I guarantee she didn't go home and tell her husband oh this i was told this and that you know you know they're kind of they kind of keep it to themselves because oh, yeah. you know yeah because even one time even not when my wife when we get a new car i always get her a license as shane's mom on the front and one time i was pulling in to a home depot to buy a new bandsaw and i guess this guy saw me and saw shane's mom so he walked he got behind me in line he goes so you're shane's mom right i go yeah i'm shane's mom you imagine no i go i'm shane's mom buying a bandsaw you bet his dad's a real son of a bitch and the guy left out of line he just left his crap down and he took off and i'm like okay what <laughs> I mean, sure. people don't want to stick around when you embarrass them. Huh? I'm like, uh, you know, I'm like, yeah, don't judge, man. Don't judge. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, that's, but, you know, like, even like when we do, we do investigations, I even walk in and happy. Hey, man, we're here. How you doing tonight, guys? You okay? You know, because I always teach people, you know, walk in with a good attitude and just be nice. Yeah. yeah. And there's no, there's no harm in, in being nice. You know what I mean? Um, what's the point in being rude? What is what does that achieve? It doesn't really achieve anything. In my in my from my perspective, it don't. It's never when I growing up, I went through like this phase of where I was always angry and I was always rude to people for no reason. And it what it it didn't do anything for me. No, I mean, even like when we're doing investigations, I always talk just you know, be nice. Because, you know, if, if you've seen the haunted South Florida, you know, Instagram and all that, we get a lot yep. of evidence mm-hmm. and we don't provoke. We go in there, we be nice. You make a connection. And we do so many places over and over that I think we have it like um, the King Camardi house. The girl says hi every now and then. There's a girl spirit there. She's like, hi, Tim. And then uh, Aaron's real big. You know, they'll say hi to Aaron all the time. Uh, we have a character at the Gold Coast Railroad who likes to say the F word a lot on EVPs. <laughs> yeah, know? I think Arnie mentioned that. And yeah. then he said something about a kid being held on one of the cars. Yeah, on the medical. There's a yeah. kid there. I guess uh, there's another another guy there that's not allowing the kid to pass over or something. I think he, that's what he said. Yeah, cause, I mean, we were there once and I always, I you know, when I tell people, I go, when your EVP sessions start dying, 
even if there's no history, ask about a kid mm-hmm. and then ask if they're okay. Because sometimes if someone's keeping them there, they get defensive and it's just a, maybe a way to make a connection and get some evidence. Cause on the medical car, I said, uh, is there a boy here? And I said, are you okay? And then the EVP came back with a ra- loud growl, a male voice going, he's happy. But he said it with like an attitude, like, you know, we got our own thing going, leave us alone. Mm-hmm. So I always advise people ask for a kid, even if there's no history, because they might be held there or, you know, even over the years, I have this, I have a thing where, you know, they're not our, you know, pets for show, you know, try to move them on. So we always try to say, you need help. Do you know where your parents are? Things like that. If we can get a kid, a confirmed kid, then maybe we start working from that angle. Can we move you on? Is there something we could do to help you and things like that? Because that's the saddest thing at kid spirit. Yes. I we agree. get a lot of them too. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. So one of the questions that I wanted to ask was um, if, if you weren't going to go on to anything else right there. No. Uh, all right. Um, I was curious on what your favorite place has been thus far to investigate. I mean, I know you said that one, uh, I can't, the name of it escapes me, but you have basically have the keys to it. Yeah. The, the new river in it. For me, over the years, it's been uh, the Gold Coast Railroad because it's okay. it's an actual railroad museum with cars. So like, there's the first presidential car there, uh, where they actually armored it and put bulletproof windows in it. Uh, there's a World War II medical car, a dining car, but on these cars, there's four or five. There's twelve under what's called the shed. Mm-hmm. Uh, four or five that I found active over the years. But on those cars, there's a couple spots in every car, not every car, but two or three of them that have separate activity. So there's one called car, the Sefer, which is like a class A travel car. Uh, you can go up front where it's like a seating area and a dome so you can watch the train going. It's the front of the train. And we've gotten a lot of stuff in there. And then you can walk back to where there's side rooms. We've had a lot of really cool EVP sessions and portal sessions in these sidecars nice. and it and sometimes when we're doing in the back we'll hear disembodied footsteps up front so i i've always liked the gold coast because there's a place in the back where they it's like a model train museum mm-hmm. and um we've done we've done some overnights there where we've put down it's a large place like in the front is like four it's big enough to have four giant displays of model trains with the cities and all that stuff yeah and it so we've set rim pods down in different parts. And this damn thing will have us chasing it all night. Like beep, 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 beep. You run over there. Then you hear beep, beep, beep. You're like, son of a bitch. <laughs> you know, sit in one place. Yeah. So yeah, I've always liked the Gold Coast. I've done a lot. Yeah, you know, I've done like, we did an abandoned prison once for, you know, we did it for about a year. And that place was cool. Nice. But they raised it and it's condominiums now. Oh, but I've always liked the Gold Coast. Uh, there's a place down there, Old Davy School. Uh, it's the first school in Broward County. I've always enjoyed that place. But Gold Coast just has, to me, it just shows that how this place is, there's three acres of track. And the model display is like half a mile out. 
So under the shed and a half a mile out and the bathrooms, this is a big place mm. and there's activity all over the place there. So it just shows me how widespread one location can get for activity. Right. And it's pretty cool. Like just the train, the old train cars by themselves are, are cool to check out. Yes. Yeah, to it's begin with. Like the, uh, the presidential car was, um, before they had Air Force One, this was the only way they got around. Yeah. So there's a lot of history there. And it's funny because they keep the history pure because, I mean, <laughs> they even have some of the old rugs still down. So like oh, sometimes I, yeah. <laughs> so I tell people, I go, you know, people, oh, I got this. I go, yeah, but you got to remember where you're at. This room is just full of must. And I'm assuming a little mold on the carpeting. So that'll play with your head. Hmm. so but i go but if you go outside the medical car i've had a lot of people if i you know like we have an event there i'll tell them when you walk by the medical car just kind of let yourself go and you'll feel something and they always come back and go hey man i felt a pressure change i go yeah and you're not in the car so you can rule out the must and the mold and all that crap you're getting a real feeling when you're doing it mm-hmm. so but new river is great you know we uh, it's uh, the New River Inn is actually the first hotel on the on the river in Fort Lauderdale. Uh, the house is King Cromarty. He actually was the he turned out to be the builder of Fort Lauderdale. And then there's a school behind it. It's a replica school of the first school in Fort Lauderdale. And I don't know if you ever heard of Stranahan, the Stranahan house. No, I have not. It's very famous down here. Um, but his wife was the first teacher in Fort Lauderdale. But even though it's a replica school, it was a, like a it was a 1976 bicentennial project. So it's a pure replica of the first school, but it's very active. You know, we've had uh, with portals, we've heard singing, we've heard um, you know one, two, three, and there go four or five and things like that. We get a lot of kid voices in there, even for a replica. Wow. So it you know that place is cool, but Gold Coast is just you know for me personally, that's always been. My top, but I yep. love all, all the places that have their little quirks and their little characters that we got coming out all the time. So nice, nice. I, I like I said, I think the just the um the old train cars by themselves without even investigating, I think would be is a cool place. So and to add then investigating and getting um hits on uh certain areas in there or all over. You said um. Yeah. I think that 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 makes it fun. I feel like so. Just the even co- the bathrooms are like we had a, we had, we did an all night once. We had one lady with us, and she goes, "Tim, I have to go to the restroom." I go, "Well, it's over there." Will you stand out front? Go, yeah, nobody was there, but and she come running out of the bathroom, pulling her pants up. I go, <laughs> <laughs> I go, what the hell's wrong with you? She goes. I just heard someone go, hey, <laughs> oh, oh, shit. you found a sister ghost. That's pretty cool, honey. She's like, oh, my God. Oh, so, oh my God. That's funny. That must have been. <laughs> I'm like, because I look, luckily she got him up enough where I didn't see anything, but she's yeah, pulling right. him up and running out. I go, what the hell's wrong with you? <laughs> and then um, one of my, um, I guess, years ago on her camera phone caught a beautiful, I have to send it to you. It's a beautiful shadow. I mean, perfect. Yeah. Um, and I, sh- you know, and I showed it to one of the employees. He goes, 
yeah, that's that son of a bitch who walks by the bathroom all the time. I go, oh, okay, that's cool. So yeah. we get a lot of shadows there, uh, EVPs. Uh, actually, in back of the medical car, there's a kitchen area with the old uh, steel X floor yep. that had the raised X. Yep. Um, years ago, I was there before we had the uh, you know the newfangled cat balls that light up. A uh, couple girls were there who were, um, they were investigators. They just came to the event and they said, Tim, they put it down. They chalked it around it and they left and they, they left the area and no one went in there and the, the balls jumped two X's. So, you know, we get a lot of, and the boy, the boo buddy is real good in that area with the boy. We used to yeah. boo buddy a lot in that area. So it's, it's an active place and it's, kind of fun active other than you know frank who says the f word all the time which <laughs> is kind of funny because you know yeah because i had a sensitive ear one time real demure real sweetheart but real quiet and she goes um frank do you want to say something he goes fuck off <laughs> she went, <laughs> and she went oh go, frank frank be nice man so he's like you know no one's ever gotten hurt and but it's a fun because everybody you know you can go and you can practically like when i wrote when i wrote the second book i actually write the areas that are active yeah and people can go like to the dining car and ask for an order and sometimes you know like i had one time i said i said hey man you got balsamic ice cream and we got to clear no okay no balsamic ice cream so i always tell people i figure the dining car ask for something really off the wall let's see if you get a response because, you know, waiters back in those days, like the 40s, they're very professional. And it's like, no, I go, okay, man. I go, hey. <laughs> then I went, next time I went, hey, you got steak? And it was like, yes, yes, sir. I go, okay. So, so it, it, I always try, I want people to, yeah, because it's always, a, it's always a hit and miss when you're starting fresh. Mm-hmm. So at least if you can walk in and say, hey, uh, Tim said there's a waiter here. So ask for something ordering wise or the medical car, ask about a boy. You know, so I always try to tip people. And I, when I would tell people, like, if you go to any historic place, first thing you should do is look at all the pictures. And see if you get names off those pictures, because every historic place is proud of their family tree of whatever was there. Mm-hmm. so it gives you a nice starting point like you say hey, is jack here jack may have never been here but mr deering probably was there because it's deering estate so ask for mr deering or ask for miss deering so i always teach people you know if you don't have time to look up the history and get familiar with it always refer to pictures and displays it'll give you an idea where to start when you're doing evp sessions nice yeah perfect um so one there's one question that i've been really wanting to ask you out of everybody just because um you've been investigating for so long and it's and doesn't have anything to do with investigating but i was curious if you've ever encountered a skunk ape actually when i was a kid i grew up we had a ranch Uh and we were like on the skirts of the glades where we lived they were it was so bad that when when the Everglades caught on fire, we always had to turn the horses loose in the neighborhood because we were afraid it would jump and you get the ranch. That's how far out we were. Right. Now there's houses everywhere. But when I was a kid, we heard like a, a scream 
like a deep screen. And then I didn't realize this till years later. I never knew this. We had this funky smell. And then I never realized, but skunks do not like water. That's why you don't find the skunks in the Everglades. Really? I didn't know that either. So I'm like, wow, that's that's pretty cool. I I never even knew that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was it was like a foul smell. But it was weird. But then again, we had, you know, we had horses, cows, everything, and no one ever got hurt. Even the bobcats, we had a lot of bobcats. Uh-huh. Bobcats never came and hurt any of the animals. So who knows? You know, it was just it was just weird. You know, yeah, you learn something. 40 years later, you're like, shit, that's pretty cool. I didn't know skunks didn't like water. Yeah. It smelled like a skunk. So we, um, I know as a kid, I was, uh, I just did a show, uh, uh, Shock Docs with the Flight 401. Oh, yes. That's a, that story is interesting. It's, um, because the producer called and she said, um, we somehow we connected and she goes, are you, have you, you're a local, right? I go, yeah, I've been here my whole life. She goes, do you remember this crash? I go, yeah, we used, cause back in those days, um, they didn't clean up everything. Mm-hmm. You know, they left, like they just took what they had to take. Now the theory of the flight is that all the parts they took and redistributed all those planes are haunted. It was an Eastern jet that went down in the glades. I think the, um, I didn't even knew the story till I watched the show. <laughs> it's like <laughs> I think the pilot knocked the auto off accidentally, and it nosedived into the glades. So when yeah, we're, the, we the story we, that the story I heard was that they were having a hard time with the landing gear. Oh, okay. I went, that's what I that's the story I heard. But I when it was dry out there, we would take you know buggies out there and stuff like that. So we were out there one time. And we heard a lady scream. And it, there were five of us. So we got them looked around, looked for this lady. And the out there, the palmettos, the palmetto bushes are pretty low. So you can see anybody walking. So we know we didn't see anybody walking. We didn't see anybody laying around. We looked around. So the lady goes, that'd be a good story. I go, yeah. So I did the show. And I asked her, I go, please don't embellish this. And so... Um, <laughs> She goes, no, this is a good we're going to recreate it. I go, okay, that's cool. The recreation was a little off, but, you know, that's the way they want to do it. So that's it out turned, already? Yeah, it was Flight 401. I think it came out in November. Steve okay. Shippey was incredible, the investigator. He was a great guy. You know, we, um, I was funny because I, um, the night before I did the shoot, I was at Gold Coast and I put a DR down in back where those, you know, the X stamp floors are. And I always tell people, if your EVPs are dying or you're not getting much, put it down alone and leave the room. Sometimes they'll communicate because you're not there. So I put it down for like a minute. I went back and the first EV, I said something like, hey, um, say whatever you want. Get it off your chest. I'm going to leave this down. And I left and I came back. First EVP was, thank God. <laughs> like, cool. Okay. <laughs> so, okay. I, I won't bother you anymore. I'm leaving. So I took the recorder the next day to show Steve because he's an investigator. I thought it'd be cool. And he goes, wow, man, that's amazing. So he was really a nice guy. The whole staff was incredible. Um, It was a nice experience. But yeah, I mean, you you look back over the years and I'm thinking, you know, the the skunk smell, 
the lady screaming, the, you know, the cold stuff up my chest. I was never into paranormal back then. So, mm -hmm. but now looking at it, I go, damn, that was a lot of stuff I could have caught. Son mm -hmm. of a bitch. <laughs> you know? So. <laughs> yeah. So I, I heard um, not too long ago stories about the skunk ape and stuff. So it's basically like a Bigfoot creature and yeah. um, it's in the Everglades of South Florida. And so I know, know that you had um, you've been there for a long time. I didn't realize that you've been there your entire life, but I assume that it's been, um, you know, a while and I was like, well, if I if I get if I get Tim on, I'm definitely gonna ask him about the skunk ape. And... There's a guy down here who does uh tours um down here. Yeah. Down in South Florida. Now there's one up in Ocala I've had I've heard some strange things about wish washy stuff. Yeah. Like <laughs> you know, they they one guy I don't know how true this is, it's just a story. Okay. But someone said his friend took the tour. And then he caught someone hitting the tree with a stick far away. And then <laughs> their tour is going, oh, did you hear that? So it was all, but there's a guy down here, uh, David Sheely. He's like, he's been doing skunk apes his whole life. And, yeah. uh, he's caught some, it's a S-H-E-A-L-Y. He's caught some pretty cool pictures over the years uh, out there. He's, he's, he's just devoted his life to doing it. So all I right. think he does tours too. Um, nice. I, I know there's a group uh, near Lake Okeechobee. They did they do tours also for that. I've never gone on a tour. It's just you know, because when I was a kid in the Everglades, if you can get wood out to an area, mm -hmm. you could build a camp. They didn't care, you know. So we had like a ten bed camp out there. Um, they eventually they got sick of lifting chop. Like if a fire started, they'd have to make sure all the camps were empty. So they, they eventually told everybody to tear down their camps. Oh. You can't come back out there. Yeah. So a lot of my weekends, I'd spend out there. All the, the guys would go hunting. I'm not a hunter. I would just sit there and drink. Yeah. I would Sounds volunteer. Like something I'd do. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'll go with you guys, but I'm going to sit right here. Yeah. And I'm like, drink this. Yeah. I'm like, hey, you know, I'll watch the cooler. I'll make sure nothing gets the cooler. You guys go hunt. Go have fun. Yeah. <laughs> That's but, funny. And, you know, but, you know, we heard... And back then, you know, you hear a lot of noises, but yeah. even a guy told me once we have panthers down here, Florida panthers. Yep. And they're saying their, their growl is very high pitched. Okay. So I've heard a lot of high pitches, um, but I've heard that one deep growl at one time at the ranch. And then I smelled this, you know, the skunk smell. Then I found right. out later, no skunks. I'm like, wow, that's, that was pretty cool. Yeah. So. But yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of groups out there to do skunk ape stuff. Okay, I heard that um, there was a lot of like uh, stories of skunk apes in the local news down there in the '80s. Yeah, they're like, well, that's um, when Sheely was starting his stuff up. Yeah, he he's been on a his stuff has been on a couple uh, shows because some I mean he caught one picture where this thing had to be seven feet tall black and it's he's tramps you know, the water's real low you really don't see water but there's water there mm -hmm. and if it's a human why the hell would a human go out in the middle of the glades in 100 degree weather hoping someone's out there to film them <laughs> in a in a costume i'm like no it's like yeah and then he but he's really he's really caught some really amazing pictures over the years mm -hmm. 
and yeah, we had, you know, people say, oh, well, they, because back, they, that's when they started building out West. So people were saying, you know, there's skunk apes, you know, in their yard and things like that. Just when they started building out West. Because like I said, where I live, we were on the skirts of the glades. My dad had, used to have to go out every day and make sure there was nothing waiting for us in the backyard, like a moccasin or anything like that. Yeah. You know, he'd open the door and go, okay, it's safe. Okay, go, go play. So yeah, when they started building West, and you know, there were stories all the time about that. Wow. That's that's crazy. Um, yeah, there's a few stories that I heard of the skunk ape and they sound sound a little violent so i don't know if i would ever want to actually encounter one um so because i know so when me and my kids go down to florida we're definitely going out uh we're gonna rent a fan boat to go out in the everglades so i don't want to come across one of those things now you go to um i think it's still there monroe station monroe station was like where everybody went to get like we, we were camping yeah you know, we go, we'd stop in Monroe, get all our supplies, and then, and you can actually, when it's dry, drive out to the camp. The camp was like two miles in, three miles in, or a lot of people and had buggies, and they they do if it's still there. I've been there forever. They they have uh, airboat rentals where you can okay. go out, you know, go out and do it. A lot of gators though. Yes, <laughs> a lot of gators. The that, gators are fun. They're yeah. fun to see. That's what I'm hoping to, because so I saw that there's a uh, uh, hiking trails out there too, and yeah. I was telling my son about it. He's like, "Is are are there alligators out there?" And I'm like, "Sure are." And he's like, yeah. "I don't want to go hiking out there. What are you crazy?" And I go, "Well, we don't get close to it when you see it, you weirdo." Like, yeah. Well, they have now they have walkways that they've built out of wood on a lot of those trails. Yeah. Where you can actually just it's you know it's it's kind of like sign guided yeah where you're where you're actually you know not in the weeds with them but uh yeah i know a lot of people they, they'll go out there to look at the gators uh i have friends who are photographers they spend their day out there taking nice. pictures of the birds and gators and stuff like that cool cool do you ever see like uh really big pythons out there oh no but one night we did um we invested in something called the Aerojet, which is back during the Cold War. This is a place in the Glades. Yeah. It's like three miles off the road where they actually tested rocket fuels and things like that. So we went out one night and the python hunters were coming. And they were they always went to this one place first to look for pythons at the Aerojet. And they said, ah, you won't see none tonight because it's in the 40s. I go, okay, well, that's good. So it's like, I've never seen one out there, but you know, there's a lot of pictures of here, like gators and pythons going at it. You know, wow, pythons eating the gator, or gators got one in his grips, and the pythons wrapping around them. Wow, and pythons aren't like indigenous to the area, right? I think is it? No, it's just you know, people just turn them loose like yeah. anything else. You yeah, know, they get you know, like down here we have this lizard. He's about this big. Mm-hmm. And he has a curly tail. And you know, 20 years ago, when I did Coral Castle, I that's where I saw one. Never saw one up in Broward, where I live. And now they're all over Broward. So it's just, you know, animals get here and they just reproduce and they move around. You know, like iguanas, you know, when it gets cold down here, they have actual iguana alerts. 
because the iguanas will fall out of the tree when it gets cold. They're not dead. They're just waiting for it to warm up. Wow. So they actually have that on the news. Iguana <laughs> alert. So <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. Um, so you have a book that you're currently working on to come out. When do you think the uh, that will be published and out for the public? Probably... I might just, I mean, I'm pretty much for the editing thing. I'm mm-hmm. going to just maybe a week or two. I have the cover picked out. It's just to be ghost hunting, getting started too. Mm-hmm. And then um, that should be, I'm just finishing up the editing and get it done just to get it off my plate. Right. Because I always self-publish my stuff. Um, I, oh, you know, self-publishing. That's fun. Yeah. Because I mean, because I mean, you can do it through um, um, Amazon. Yep. And, and it's free if you do the online and then you only pay for the book if you wanted, you know, print it. Mm-hmm. So I've always done that because I never want to be tied to a contract because, you know, because when my son was little, you know, I retired when he was coming. So I've always been, I didn't want to be like, Oh, you got to be in Tampa Wednesday night. Well, I can't, he has to go to school. So I've always self-published my books. Right. That's a good way to be. I think um, this one, I'm gonna do the same thing. I, I, I self-published a paranormal murder mystery and a guy out of New York liked it, but he said, Tim, it's very visual. You should make it a, a script. I know. All right. So um, I know a guy who's uh, he actually works at Harvard film school now. So I called him and say, Hey man, how do I do a screenplay? And he goes, you know, use this software. So actually the, the screenplay was in, uh, in 2020, I think it was finishing the top 10 at a, uh, indie film festival oh no way which That's shocked cool. me yeah. yeah because it was weird because the guy um i go are you sure because in the book there's one bloody scene uh-huh. and i go this is a slash film festival he goes yeah but everybody liked it good story i go oh well okay it never got picked up right but it was kind of cool that it finished in the top 10 and then the guy called and um Actually, I've known the guy for years. He, him and his uh, partner came to, they were going all over the country filming paranormal teams to, for a documentary. So he came down here and we were part of that documentary at a place called Villa Paula. So I've known him for a long time. So he, he called, he says, Hey, uh, you're going to finish in the top 10. I go, wow, that's, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. He goes, I want you to, I'm making a game. He made a board game called Halloween Never Ends. I go, oh, well, that's cool. He goes, I want you to be the paranormal investigator in it. I go, it's like a game card. Yeah. I, go, I go, okay, you know, that's fine. Thank you. So I sent him pictures of me. And yep. then when he sent me the artist rendering, I go, hey, uh, hey, Matt, how come I have no hair? He goes, <laughs> he goes, we're all aging in the game. I go, oh, okay. You could have just given me wrinkles and kept the hair. So, <laughs> but it was kind of cool. I go, that you know, is I, cool. You know, so I like told my son, I go, Hey, I'm a game. I'm in a game now. He's like, oh, that's good. I'm like, Oh, okay. That's the most <laughs> excited he gets. He's like, yeah, but it's okay. like, yeah. So I'm working on, I'm trying to work on the sequel to that book. Uh, I was going to make like a series of the, um, of that paranormal book. So the paranormal fictional one that you put yeah. out there as a script. Yeah. That's yeah, cool, so- man. That's wicked. Cool. Cause that's, so my, uh, dream since I was a kid was to be a fictional writer. Uh, I looked up to Stephen King. I mean, being from Maine mainly. Yeah. 
um but also he's super successful yeah um but i always wanted to be a writer and my uh second grade teacher actually is the one that ignited that that's cool yeah and um actually the episode that i just uh put out today was a with a with a gentleman who's also from maine and has several books out and we were talking about and i basically told i told him the same story but i i've been working on i've been working on a novel for like four or five years now and i keep redoing rewriting the uh first chapter because i can't i'm never satisfied with it and stuff like that and then i'd never have i feel like i feel like i don't have the time to write it but i i do but um so cool thing though that i just started which i'm excited about so i'll use this opportunity to uh kind of put that out into the universe um because hopefully by the time that i air this it'll be um a little bit closer to being done but it probably won't be done but um i'm actually working with a graphic designer on a comic book right now oh that's neat so it's gonna be so the character is going to be based on myself mm-hmm. um, and my dog, and we're going to wow. be monster hunters. Cool. So, um, yeah, she uh, she was the last episode. She's a medium, um, and she I haven't I haven't aired this episode out yet, but uh, she her name's Emily. She's a uh, she goes by the fine art medium on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And her and her friend uh, Chastity have a podcast as well called Lights at Midnight. And so I was talking to them about a lot of stuff. And right at we get done recording, and I'm talking to them about you know stuff. And I'm I was, I was telling them about this guy that was supposed to be making the logo because they were telling me about how they liked the logo for for my podcast. And I was like, yeah, yeah I made it myself. You know, I paid some guy a hundred bucks, and it kind of the logo didn't it kind of looked like a child could have done it and um then i asked him if he could go let down a different avenue or whatever and then she's like i'm a graphic designer oh that's cool i was like no shit (laughs) so she's currently working on like a um she's working on an image for me right now i don't know i gave her this this whole like this big image to do and um i i'm thinking i'm gonna put it on a t-shirt and um i probably just i'm probably not going to try and sell it right now but i'll probably you know i've been giving out t-shirts of my logo to a lot of people excuse me um but yeah so uh and then and then i was and then i told them that uh, like while we were talking about the graphic design stuff i was like you know i've always wanted to write a comic book and she's like I love doing comic books. I can do that too. And I was like, no shit. So <laughs> it's been every day we've been talking about this comic book. So yeah, I'm going to, uh, the char- character's based on me. He's going to have my first name, but a different last name, but the dog is still going to be my dog's name. That's so. cool. Yeah, Cause I made a, um, it's copyrighted, I guess. I made a, a spoof paranormal pilot. Yeah. And, um, it was like it was a southern team but it was too southern it was very it was overdone in the um stereotypes um, like like the founders were married cousins and you know it's like <laughs> but i had one kid i i did the pilot and then i did episode one and then i introduced a dog called bs 
but BS is for butt scratch because when he sent some paranormal, he scratches butt on the rug. <laughs> and um, a couple of networks they like to go, but Tim, this is very, very stereotypic. I go, I know, I know, I know. But if I dial it back, it won't be funny. They're like, oh, well, I go, okay. I'm... <laughs> so, but I love butt scratch. I was like, he, I, yeah, I go, this is cool. This, you know, this dog, he's, he just drags his ass on the ground when he senses, oh, shit. You know, most dogs stare at something. Yep. He just scratches his butt in a circle. I'm like, this is okay. This will be fun. But, you know, because I was thinking of my, my whole family's from Tennessee. So I'm thinking, oh, yeah, we'll make this stereotypic up the yin yang and it was way too much i'm like well okay <laughs> that's funny so yeah but comic book that's cool that's neat yeah and i figured it would go it would go pretty well with uh with the show too because yeah. that's basically about like um the care my character will find people who's that had encounters and stuff and then go investigate and you know track things down and stuff like that but um i think uh, one of like the main part of the story is he's going to be like treasure hunting at the same time. Oh, cool. Maybe, maybe, I don't know. I haven't quite decided on how, the avenue that, cause there's got to be a main story to it. Yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah. A lot of people don't really, when you're writing a book, you know, I, I'm old school. I'll write on yellow pads, but I always had to keep a little yellow pad. Cause I always had to go back to the characters and go, Oh yeah. Yeah. This is how this guy is. Cause as you're building it, you're like, Damn, I got to go back and see. And you got to, it takes a while because you got to refer back mm-hmm. to the character and see where they were on yep. page 14. And it, it's just, it's always flipping back and forth. So, yeah, a lot of people go, oh, you just knock that out. I go, no, you, you just can't knock it out. It's like, mm-hmm. especially because my book, I had like, there was two ghosts and two kids and, and then the, the actual killer. So there's like five characters interacting all the time so even that guy goes there's too many quotation marks i go listen man i'm not an english major but if someone's talking there's gonna be a quotation mark right he goes yeah i go well he goes no i'm just telling you it's too visual you got to make it a script i go oh okay you know so yeah yeah but you know and the other one i was gonna make and my books aren't big they're any of them they're like under 100 pages all of them oh you know so it's like a novelette so you know, somebody, I got to work on that. It's in my head. I just got to put it down on paper. Yes. You know, but, you know, but I don't walk around on a computer. I, I've, I've always just done legal pads. I'll write, write it. And I mean, sometimes when I first started, when I first, my first book on emergency medicine, I would carry, I had to be very picky about the pencil for mm-hmm. some reason. I don't know why I'd buy this pencil. You know, I don't like this pencil. Because <laughs> like, I can go back in a race and go, okay, you know, and somebody go, why don't you just use a computer? I go, I, I, I don't know. Because I used to write my books waiting for my son in school. Yeah, just sit in the car, uh, blast my old rock and roll, and write, you know. And yep. everybody, everybody, like, hey, Tim, you're in, we knew you're in the car. We heard the music. I go, oh, okay. So, so it's like, <laughs> yeah. that's funny. Writing's tough. Yeah. I used to, I used to write on a pad too back in high school and stuff um nowadays i can write like i'll be in the middle of a sentence and my hand starts cramping for some reason i don't know if it's from um the uh the fuck was it called the tendonitis that i had in my elbow and it's just 
when I start, when I put that pressure on my hand and it just kind of like, I don't like that, but, um, sure. so I have to go to the, I have to be, I have to be on a computer because oh, or else sorry. I won't be able to get through it. All right. Cause I mean, I have like over here, I have like 60 pages of pad paper just rolled over <laughs> because, you know, like it's all you know, the books on a computer now, but I yeah. typed it in. But I'm thinking, oh shit! If I lose the computer, at least it's all written out still. So, you know. But I'm just, I'm kind of strange. Like everybody's like, uh, like an event. You know, can you do the investigation Friday? I go, I don't know. I got to get a home look at my calendar. It's not on your phone. <laughs> so the ladies are like. You know, they'll put something like, uh, put something out and go, okay, how do I do this? <laughs> like, Tim, I go, sorry. You know, so sometimes I'm kind of illiterate with the computers and all the social networks and all that. Yeah. You know, so, but yeah, writing, a lot of people don't don't realize how tough it is because you have to go back and always remind yourself. Yeah, that's that's the part that I have a hard time with. I was like, where the fuck did I leave this guy off at? Like, what what was he doing the last time I talked about him? So, yes. And sometimes it's like 40 pages ago. Yeah, because you got to flip back, you know, I always kept a little pad and then I would jot notes like Buford, uh, the head ghost, you know, the lead ghost. Okay, Buford did this and this and this. Okay, you know, okay. But yeah, but before that, I'm like flipping back. It's 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 insane, mm-hmm. but and then it's called relaxing. So you're like, <laughs> where the hell was he? Son of a bitch! You're relaxing. Yeah. Okay. Oh, there it is. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Writing's <laughs> tough, but comic book that'd be fun. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Um, yeah, I am currently trying to figure out how to write a comic book script so that she can understand it and illustrate it for me mm-hmm. um but um i th- i think uh so the things that i've been reading and the videos i've been watching on it has said that you the writer should um even if you can't draw very well just do like a rough sketch oh, of okay. what you want for each window so that the illustrator understands what you what your vision is so that's cool i've know. always envied artists because you know an artist can sit in a room in a corner oh my god yeah she sent me uh the start of the design that i uh, had asked her originally to make and it looks she's not done yet she just started and it looks amazing um yeah. And I'm Sorry. just, my jaw dropped. I was like, whoa, this is so cool. <laughs> like Gina on the team is an artist. And some of the stuff she draws at during lunch yeah. is mind blowing. You're like, my God, you did that in an hour? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. art, because both of my brothers were artists. And, they, you know, I played baseball. Yeah. So I had to have a friend to throw a ball with, but they can just sit in the corner with a pad or whatever they were doing and be content. Mm-hmm. I just, I go, man, that sucks. But, you know, I can barely draw a straight line. So I'm not an artist. But <laughs> I can draw a face. So I have sketchbooks with uh, like, they're like portrait pictures that I've drew over the years. But oh. that's about it. 
like like I can do like I can get the eyes, I can get the mouth. Sometimes I struggle with the nose a little bit to the uh, mouth ratio in the eyes and the cheeks. Mm-hmm. But other than that, like it's not fan- phenomenal, but that's the best that I'm ever gonna be is with the um with the faces. And I've tried a lot over the years, and just the face is the only thing that I can get down, like a body and hands and like scenery I cannot do. Oh no! I because one time we were, me and a friend of mine were trying to build a, a movie studio down here. Oh no way! That's neat, man. That's cool. You know, because you know, me and this guy, we were paramedics together for years, and you know, we've built businesses over the years, mm-hmm. and and we were we were investigating too. So Bill says, "Yo, let's build a movie studio." And I go, "Wow, you know." All you really need to do is have someone who knows what the hell they're doing, yep. find the finance. And, you know, we got, we did a, we did a press conference for the governor. It went pretty far, but then the town I lived in where we we're going to build it, uh, I was sitting there with the, um, the investors mm-hmm. in the room at the, at the commission meeting. And he says, he said something really off the wall and uh, the, the investor goes, Hey man, that sounds like a kickback. I go, me too. And I don't know what the hell he's talking about. So, but then we found so much um, corruption and everything. Yeah. And after a while, you know, we, we were at this for like two years. And then for my partner, Bill, he lost his job. But every time they Googled his name in an interview, they'd pull around the screen and say, are you building this? What's going to happen? So he couldn't get a job. So I told Bill, I go, you know, we took this thing pretty damn far. Yep. But unless they bring a check and a bulldozer to hell with it. So, but the reason the story is that I, we were going to go do this press conference. So I drew the rendition of the, of the thing instead of an architect doing it. And you can <laughs> tell, man, he can, like the architect was supposed to have it done by the time we were driving up Tallahassee and yeah. he didn't have it done. So I said, well, let me just knock something out. And you can tell the difference. I mean, the lines are straight. They look like buildings, but it was just nothing like what a real artist could have done. I'm like, I'm like, oh man, this sucks. But yeah. And anyway, we took it up there. They didn't even put it on camera. And I'm, I was grateful for that. You know, we were doing the conference and I go, yeah, hey, can we put that drawing like away? Yeah, I was about to, I was about to suggest that to him. I go, yeah, I, I would. I, I don't want that damn thing on camera. I go, I might just leave it in the trash when we leave here. And he's like, but yeah, artists are like, artists are amazing. Yes, yeah, I agree. They, they really, my, my late brother would, back in the 70s, he would drop a lewd or two. He'd just get stone off his ass mm-hmm. and he'd take uh, jealousy plane, pains, the little strip of glass that used to go indoors. Yep. And he started breaking them. I go, what the hell are you doing? He goes, art. I'm like, art. <laughs> so... And then he would um he'd pick pieces out, then he'd start shaving them and he start painting them. But by the time he was done, he was a he was a very bright person. He um he would paint these, by the time he was done, he had this in his head already. He'd make his own stained glass of like a long tail bird. Wow. And I te- I go, uh Steve, should you be messing with soldering, you know, as stoned as you are? He's like I'm okay, man. I go, okay, man. Just so, uh, but he'd solder it. 
but you know, then he just sell them at like a flea market. But you know, he was a he was a true artist, but just you know, in his own little world, he can just go there by himself and make a piece of art. Nice. You know, if I wanted to do what I do, I'd have to find, hey, let's play catch or you know, things like that. So yeah. artists always fascinate me. Yeah, They're very same. bright people. They really are. They really are. I was I was too, I was uh, sporty too. So I was out there throwing balls around and um, trying to be physical with people. And yeah, I had a few friends that would do the same thing, just kind of like find a rock to sit on and they'd have their pad and draw or write or whatever. Like my artisticness goes as far as, you know, the writing, like I, I can, yeah. like I can visualize stuff in my head, but I cannot put it on. Uh, I can't draw it onto paper. So yeah, because people you know, because uh, they go, yeah, hey, you're like a storyteller. I go, yeah, I, I guess, yeah. Like, just, <laughs> I just write stuff down, and like all my books, like the emergency medicine and the autism book, are mm -hmm. actually real rescue stories, autistic stories. Yeah, and I I bolded the symptoms in the story, so even those books are stories. They're just a series of stories. Right. So I've I've always done that where I can just tell a story. And then, or someone will go, yeah, you do stand up. Tell me a joke. I go, you can't tell a joke. You have to, you, it's a, it's built. You have to build yeah. up to something. Yeah. You know, you know I say, oh, this and then they'll go, that wasn't funny. I go, yeah, but you got to hear this and this and this. And you're like, holy crap, that's good. <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> everything's always built on a story from, from what I do, yeah. you know, but drawing something. No, I, not me, man. Yeah. I'm, me neither. I'm horrible at it. <laughs> so um cool. uh, question i like to ask a lot of the investigators um are you finding fulfillment in the the path that you're walking currently like with all your investigating your book writing and oh your... yeah i mean now that like i said before i'm more in the grassroots i want to help people i want to find the answers I don't really give a damn about being on TV. You know, I, like I said, I used to play minor league ball. So I've had my fame time, you know, yep. so I really need that. And with this group, with the haunted South Florida group, they're all, everybody's gelled with the same mind thought, you know, let's help people. Even if it's a, you know, if you're doing an event, you're still helping that event make money, the location make money. Mm -hmm. And then people are leaving knowing, um, how to do it. I always say run an honest investigation, present honest evidence. I'd rather like I was offered, someone wants me to do a lecture for kids coming up in the fall. And uh, I said, yeah, because I mean, we run in a lot of kids at our events, like the the first free Saturday thing. Mm -hmm. And they'll come in, they'll see all the toys, and half the kids know what everything is. Hey, man, there's a mail meter. Or blah, 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 blah. So for me, I'm getting back to grassroots where I can teach a kid how to do it right. Not that everything is demonic on TV, like Zach says, and don't be afraid of it. Just go out there and you're just, you're just taking scientific equipment. You're trying to see if something meshes. Mm -hmm. So yeah, for me, the path is good now because it's, it's back to the grassroots of just helping people uh, running the experiments, trying to help the field. And this new, the, the hottest South Florida, their new team is like amazing. They're just the the way they do things. It's a, uh, I've never done a nested session. 
because I enjoy watching them do it. And I've never told them that. They're always, what you doing this? It's like, oh, yeah, 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 maybe. But I'd rather just sit back and watch them because it's just amazing how they do things. It's amazing. I always tell people, like in my book, uh, part of the um, team leader role is I always say, be involved with the investigation because it's so much fun. It's It's the big payoff to watch your team grow as they get better with equipment. And that's the big payoff. So yeah, the path now is great. And the writing is just something I just, you know, I just, I have to be doing something creative with the writing all the time. You know, like this book's almost done. So I said, well, let me write the sequel to the other book. You know, I'm like, well, what the hell? I guess I got to have something to do, you know, like yep. um, I'm building, you know, the, my website's going to be longhairghosthunter.org. Because I'm going to build a website. I'm not real good at it, but it's some creative I want to do. Because yep. the other, the, the other one, the guy's like trying to charge me every time. I, every time I pick up the phone, he, hey, we need more money. I'm like, you know what? This this website's for fun. It's a hobby. I'm not making any money, so I'm not going to pay you thousands of dollars. You know, the website for haunted South Florida. You now that's amazing. The the ladies have done a bang up. I'm lousy with websites, but I just want to be creative. So I said, yeah, let me just make a new website it'll go live eventually i don't really care so but for me it's just being creative all the time and then and now just with the ghost hunting we you know we always try to do a team thing once a month where it's just us having a good time playing you know um like we went back to new river and did any uh a night just for the hell of it um they i didn't get to go but they went to clueston inn mm -hmm. which is a very famous hotel it's a couple hours away. So uh, they all went up, got rooms, they investigated all weekend. So as a team, we're always trying to do something every month, just as just a gel and, you know, have fun with it. So yeah, the path is great. There's no pressure. There's really, you know, there's no pressure like, Oh, you know, I hope this guy likes this because I want to get picked up. Well, you know what? <laughs> I, I really don't care about getting picked up. You know? Yeah. You know, Cause even when, um, the shock docs, I was just, that wasn't per se, Tim, the paranormal investigator. That was Tim, the local resident yeah. who happens to be a ghost hunter. So that was, you know, some people, oh, well, I go, no, no, that was just, they wanted to hear my story. That's all it was. Mm -hmm. And I did it. I had fun with it, you know, made a friend with Steve and the group. So I was happy. Yeah. And the people were being nowadays, it's just, it's cool to meet these people and, you know, and, you know, as long as you go into an investigation with empathy and no judgment, by the end of the time, the person's going to appreciate your time, even if you don't get nothing. And then, you know, I have people, like I said, who contact me, hey, I'm going to try this smell meter. What do you think of this smell meter? You know, so they're getting into it. But, you know, we keep in touch with things like that. So it's, a, you know, it's. It, I'm I'm just I'm real happy with just the teaching part and then just being with a team that's really into it for the I call the right reasons. Yeah. That may sound a little snide, but you know, for the right reasons to help people. And the team's incredible. They just it, I'm just grateful they all wanted to come on board. Yeah. Nice. You know. That's that's awesome. Uh you guys you have a phenomenal team, I think. Um Obviously, I've talked to a few of them. They're all really nice people, and 
the stuff that you guys compiled together on Instagram and in your reels and stuff. It's so fun to watch and be a part of and watch you guys all grow together. Yeah, it's fun because like Heidi and Kim, they're a mother daughter. Yeah, uh, they're part of the team, and they they they're involved to investigate with. You know, you'll see Heidi with um, doing the dowsings and Kim and like that ghost, that little ghost thing we do mm-hmm. with the person that sometimes that's Kim, and everybody just has a ball. The whole team is just just gels, and everybody just wants to have a good time with it, and that's what it should be because you know I when people are coming on. I would, you know, I tell people when you're forming a team, you got to realize these people have lives, they have jobs, they have families. So make it fun. Don't make it another job because then, you know, then you get the, the negative um, feelings in an investigation. Mm-hmm. You know, when we get together, it's like, you know, we just have, a, we have a good time with it and that's the way it should be. And it, exactly. it, and it goes out to the guests when we do guest events, the guests have a fun time, you know, mm-hmm. we get last, we get guests who follow us now, uh, could they come to other events? Where are you guys being? Uh, we're going to be down here. Okay, we're going to follow you down there. So, so when you're having a good time and the team gels, then it's it always spills over to the guest, and you know that makes you know that makes the field look good. That makes the location look good, and they're having a good time with it. So, perfect. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. We're having a you know it's fun. Perfect. Perfect. Now I know you've bestowed quite a bit of uh, wisdom in a lot of the things that you've been saying, but I was just curious if there was um, anything, any uh, phrase that you want to throw out there just to bestow a little bit of um, um, wisdom upon somebody who is just getting into um, investigating what that would be. Yeah. For me, it's, I, 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 I always say, uh, you know, run an honest investigation. And I always tell people, don't embellish stuff. Don't make up stuff because, you know, word gets out. Mm-hmm. Clients will not want to deal with you if you're going to make up crap. Team, a good team won't want to deal with you. So you run an honest investigation, present honest evidence. And again, you don't have to be a techie expert in the tools, but, you know, at least know how to turn one on look somewhat look proficient with your evidence with your equipment because in a long even if you're new that the equipment's going to do the talking but if you if you look like you're not you know not working right they're going to go you know they don't know you know so just you know it's just just for me it's um credibility is everything i tell everybody that it's just Mm -hmm. you know credibility is your main and then privacy, you know, don't, you know, um, always ask, even if you're going to put out an EVP, EVPs are usually very nondescript, unless you say, hey, we're at the Johnson's house in Hollywood. We yeah. caught this cool EVP. But I always ask the client, I say, listen, we, we caught a really cool EVP. We're going to put it out. We're going to say, you know, Broward resident. Is that okay with you? And that, you know, that gets, I've had people have been referred to me and say, yeah, uh, Tim, we called you because, we know you're very private about all this. I don't have to worry. I go, yeah, yeah. I, you know, I wouldn't want my name slapped all over the internet yeah. as being haunted. Then you got people driving by and all that crap. So for me, credibility and privacy is everything. And just, you know, have fun with it, you know, and just, you know, my, 
the going joke with me all the time is when I start introducing this, the equipment. Now I have like two six foot tables just full of equipment laying out when I do these lectures. And that's about half of what I own. So I always tell people, I go, now when you're starting, my number one rule is do not mortgage the house. This is 20 years of collecting. And everybody goes, okay, okay, Tim. Okay. So, <laughs> so that's, that's always my, you know, privacy, credibility and start, start where you're at. Don't, don't try to overreach it because, you know, if you get yourself in trouble financially, then it's a hardship at the house or hardship on you. So just start where you are, get involved with a team. Like on, on our team, I always, I always suggest don't buy nothing unless you try it. Cause I usually have whatever's there. If you like it and you want to get it, that's fine. But, you know, a lot of investigators, the old time investigators have done the trial and error bit down right. the, So use their experience. Yeah. So credibility, privacy is the biggest thing anybody new can do, right. you know, and don't, you know, you're not going to get something all the time. Accept it. That's just the way it is. Right. You know, because when I met the ghost hunters the first time, uh, Zach, uh, Grant, and Jason, I told them, I go, yeah, your show's doing real well. The show was just starting it. I met him at a Dragon Con in Atlanta. I said, you know why your show works? Because you don't catch stuff every week. And that's, yes. that's reality. That is reality. You're right. And, uh, and then when you, when you, when you call a person to say, Hey, we may not catch anything, mm -hmm. but don't leave them hanging. I always say, if we don't catch nothing, do me a favor, keep a log for like a week. You know, maybe we're just coming at the wrong time, you know, and then always adjust your follow-up investigation to their time frame. Yeah. Cause you want the client to know you did everything possible to find answers for them. Mm -hmm. So yeah, just always you know, credibility, privacy, and client first, and then just have fun with it. Because it's a fun feel. We have a great time with it. Yeah, it looks like fun. So. Yeah, you got to come out sometime. We'll take you out. Have some oh, fun. I will. We will. I'll, I'll be down there in October. So we have plenty of time to figure that out. Yeah. So. Oh, but thanks for everything. Yeah. yeah no i mean i i appreciate you uh coming on uh so we're approaching two hours so um it's been a pretty good learning experience i learned something i learned a few things um one of them being that skunks don't like water so yeah that was weird huh <laughs> that's something i love learning so there's something right there um but uh, before I let you go, if you don't mind just letting everybody know one more time where they can find you and all that. Yeah. Well, the, the team is haunted South Florida.org is the website, Instagram, Facebook. And as we've been talking, the, uh, the evidence, we put a lot of evidence up. Especially we have a box called the Devon's box, which is a credible portal. So yeah, if you're interested in looking at evidence or if you're in town, South Florida, the activities up there, we do public investigations. If you live down here, you think you have an investigation, let me know. We don't charge for investigations. We're there to uh, just look for answers. And then for me, it's Long Hair Ghost Hunter. I'm putting up a new website. It's not up yet, .org. But I'm also on Instagram and Facebook. And sometimes I get lax on that, so don't, <laughs> don't hate me for it. 
<laughs> but the haunted South Florida.org is, you know, we put a lot of really cool stuff up there. The ladies do a great job at that. Nice. Nice. You know, and check out his YouTube, uh, long haired, uh, ghost hunter too, as well on there. Right. Yeah. Cause, um, yeah, like I said, it's just an educational series. Yeah. Yeah. I go through, uh, how to do it, how to find stuff. Um, um, all the tools, you know, you know, even, even the basic stuff, you know, like, you know, um, cat balls or EMF meters. I do a lot on EMF meters. Yeah. So. All right. And the book should be on a week or, or two, I think. I'll let you know. All right. Well, it'll probably be out by the time uh, this episode is posted. So cool. Um. So we, I can uh, wherever you're, wherever you're selling it at or putting yeah, it out at. It'll can... be on Amazon. All yeah. right. Usually, so, my name is Am- you know Timothy Arnwine. Yeah. All my books are on there. So you know, right. if you have a, if you have someone with autism, there's a book about autism from a father's perspective. Okay. Uh, I have a book on handling medical emergencies for lay people. You know, I get bored. I get I I go on these tangents. You know, like... <laughs> all right, because I was gonna say if there's like a specific spot for all obviously there is it's on amazon but i was gonna say like uh i could put the uh link in the show notes okay so people yeah. can find it but uh we can just say hey just li- uh type in timothy arnwine on uh amazon and his books should come up for you if they don't then you misspelled it yeah so. yeah that's okay you know it's usually <laughs> Timothy Busfield, the actor, then you put in the AR, then it pops up. So, <laughs> so yeah, but it's been fun. Thank you so much. Thank you for taking the time to come on. So, guys, that is the show. Please check Timothy's stuff out. Again, long haired on everything or uh, South uh, Haunted South Florida. Um, again, if you guys have any paranormal experiences, anything weird you want to talk about, you know, you can get me at where. The weird ones are at gmail.com. I really enjoyed uh, listening to Tim talk today. Uh, I've heard a lot of good things about him uh, from previous people that have, have, have had on that are a part of his investigation team. And I think he bestowed quite a bit of uh, wisdom upon us yeah. today. So Sometimes I rattle too much. Sorry about that. No, it's 100% okay. You know, if... I, if um, people didn't talk, then this wouldn't be much of a show. Well, but if you <laughs> so, want, I mean, if they, if anybody has questions about equipment or stuff, they can reach out to, uh, you know, long hair ghost hunter, my Gmail, if they have questions about any equipment and things like that. Cause I, you know, I, 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 I've done that for years that people, you know, they're saying, Hey, this isn't working. Why? And actually, yep. you know, or, um, equipment i've used and tried and you know found to be okay or you know it rocks things like that so awesome man awesome again it was a pleasure tim so with that everybody stay weird this concludes our broadcast day click Because in the end, none of us have very long on this earth. Life is fleeting. 
And if you're ever distressed, cast your eyes to the summer sky. When the stars are strung across the velvety night, and when a shooting star streaks through the blackness, turning night into day. Make a wish.